Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 240 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. It's Technique Tuesday, and we'll be talking about one of the most exciting strokes in table tennis, the topspin to topspin. In the questions, we talk about how to get topspin on a tomahawk serve, whether you can excel when you start the game at 19, and whether you can change bats during a tournament. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeffrey. And um, yes, another week. So we had yesterday off, Jeff, a, a public holiday here in Victoria and in Adelaide in some parts of Australia. Yeah, uh, and Adelaide. Canberra and maybe even Tasmania. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why we weren't here yesterday, but we are back. Bigger we and see. better. We certainly are, and Alois, you have been continuing to practice the spin catcher. Are you making progress? Oh, yeah, I've, you know, it's progress is a funny thing. I've, I definitely feel like I am progressing, and if I um, went back and looked at the first day and what I can feel today, I definitely feel like I'm in, improving. But, you know, like after the first day or Two, I thought, oh, wow, this is going to be easy. By day six or seven, I will be Marcos Freitas extraordinaire. Um, but after day 13, 14, day 14, so two weeks, um, I'm about a half a Freitas, I reckon. Half a Freitas. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there you go. Well, you know, with the table tapper, I've got to say, I think I'm at least as good as Marcos Freitas. Hey, there's there you go, Marcus. Are you listening out there? <laughs> I um I had a rally that was just under three minutes, Alois, the other day. Five minutes is going to be pretty hard with the concentration, but you know it's possible. Come on, you just got to park that mind, Jeffrey, and just do it. You have exactly. the mm. and yeah, the 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 flipping is still I'm miles off there, so I've got to work on that as well. Okay, yeah, but, but yeah, um, I was talking to a few people on the weekend who were very impressed with you, Jeff, and uh, how much you've improved in that short amount of time. So, yeah, they, they you got some fans out there. Oh, well, thank you. I, I do think it's a bit easier skill than the spin catcher, um, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, Alois. Um, now, Friday's Pink Seals question of the day was... Should you let your kids beat you at table tennis? What yes, do you well, have to say? Well, yeah, Jeff, I definitely had you in mind when I was uh, when we were started uh, talking about this question. Um, so Thad said, "No, they have to learn, and losing is part of the game." Um, Rock Lobster said, "I reckon play to their level or slightly higher, allowing them to improve and enjoy the game by winning." Where's the fun in smashing kids? We want them to come back. So there you go. Um, and Mark Taylor said, I still do. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, Mark. Um, he's, got a, he's got a son that uh, usually beats him. Um, and John said, nope, but I did start playing my son left-handed. I'm right-handed. To give him some advantage. That was over 10 years ago. Now he can beat me 60% of the time when I play left-handed. He has beat me couple of times when I play right-handed he's getting better um and yeah and uh, we had a couple of uh, responses on the blog as well so Marson 
said, uh, depends on what you want to achieve. Would I smash or topspin like crazy at, uh, for example, a six-year-old kid? I don't think so. Would I make it too easy for him again? I don't think so. So, hmm, interesting. And, and Jean Balthazar said, um, you shouldn't let them win, but you should let them play. This means you shouldn't do the disguise serve variations that will make them miss each return and think they'll be forever incapable of adjusting or kill every ball um, or, or constantly put the, uh, put the ball where they're not expecting. Adjust your level to be challenging but not discouraging. So I think they're really wide, wise words there by uh, Gene and a few others as well. So a few of them saying, yes, you should beat them uh, because they do need to learn to lose. Um, but uh, maybe don't smack them, you know, don't don't like beat them 11 nil every game. They may not never come back, It'd be too discouraging. What do you think, Jeff? I think that's very smart words from all those people. I mean, you, kids want to be challenged, I think, and, you know, it, you definitely don't want to make it too hard or too easy. So I, I think that's those answers are really good. And, you know, if they yeah. make it fun like that, they're going to play a lot and, you know, they're going to play against people their own age and they're going to have chances to win and lose. And it's, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I think so. And, and I really think it's really important to teach kids how to lose. Um, you know, years ago here in Australia, we had the Aussie sport, you know, philosophy where everyone's a winner and everyone gets a medal and everyone gets a, you know, ribbon at the end of the day. And I think that's, you know, that's okay in some regards, but I think it also then doesn't actually teach them, okay, well, in this endeavour, someone's better than you are, you know, and in something else, you might be better than they are. You know, it. I think it's important to build up kids' self-confidence, definitely, but um, definitely don't just give them wins all the time and, and never, ever let them experience losing because then later on it just becomes more difficult. And that's where you see tantrums. <laughs> yes. And it's interesting because... Here in Australia, we have a program called Auskick, which is like a junior Aussie rules football um, program. And the kids do some skills. And then for the last um, half an hour, they play some games. Um, and they don't really score and there's no real winner. But all the kids score and all the kids know who's winning. And um, so it kind of defeats the purpose of not scoring. It's... Um, yeah. And, and they do that with uh, very young basketballers here too. They they have uh, junior basketball where they don't um, keep the score. But as uh, as you said, Jeff, all the kids know. They know who won. <laughs> Indeed. Mm. All right. Well, let's move on to today's Ping Skillers question of the day. And it is a good one. Who has a better backhand, Liam Pitchford or Zhang Zikur? So jump onto our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pingskills, or onto the Pingskills blog and let us know who has a better backhand. Yes, and, thank, yes, and thanks, to, yeah, thanks to Sam Von Einem for suggesting that because he was very impressed with Liam Pitchford's backhand at, uh, at the World Championship. So let's see what uh, you Pingskillers out there think. Absolutely. All right, Alloys, it's time for this day in history. What happened on the 15th of March? Well, 1985, Jeff, the first internet domain name was registered and it was symbolics.com. Never heard of it, but um, I just actually went to the site and haven't actually got into it. But yeah, 
1985, the first registered domain name on the internet. There you go. That is interesting. Yeah. And and also a couple of uh, birthdays. So um, the um, the uh, Phillips twins from Wales, um, Megan and Anarad. So they uh, they helped us out at the before the previous Paralympics, uh, training with our players uh, prior to uh, the previous Paralympics. So thank you, girls. Um, but yes, their birthday, and they were born in. Oh, I probably shouldn't tell you. I mean, girls don't like their ages sometimes. No, don't don't have the age. Absolutely. Yeah. Fifteenth of March. It's all people need to know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now it is Tuesday, Alois, and that means it's time for the segment Technique Tuesday. What are we talking about? Yeah. So today we're talking about a bit of an advanced skill. The backhand to backhand topspin. So this is um this is, I think you know a skill that at the higher level now is becoming wow so good and um, so important uh, to be able to do. You know in the in the past in our day, Jeff, um, most people you know played forehand to forehand topspin and they'd get around and they'd move around and play forehands everywhere. Now players stand in the middle of the table because that the ball's travelling pretty fast stand in the middle of the table and they're just playing backhand, backhand top spins just as easily as the forehand. So a little, a, a bit about the technique. So firstly, when you're uh, playing that backhand to backhand top spin, if you're further away from the table, it's okay to then start to hit that ball from a little bit outside the line of your body. So um, from your left hip, if you're a right-hander or even further out. So starting from out there and then coming all the way through um, and finishing your stroke. So utilize your wrist a lot to generate spin of your own. And the one of the really important things with that backhand to backhand topspin is that you don't need to lift the ball, okay? It, the ball's already got a lot of topspin on the ball, so you don't need to do that. You can just come straight forward, but you still need to generate topspin on the ball by really brushing over the top of the ball on that backhand to backhand topspin. If you're closer to the table, then you don't have time to play that bigger stroke from here. So then it's closer to the table, you're in more in front of your body and still really utilising your wrist and ripping over the top of that ball again to generate the topspin um, and to keep the ball down. Again, no lifting. You don't need to lift that ball. Uh, it'll just pop off the end of the table just straight over the top of that um, with the backhand to backhand topspin. So uh, a stroke that's becoming more and more popular and more useful and almost more, more necessary nowadays um, at, the, at the higher level. Absolutely. And you did mention Liam Pitchford earlier. During the recent World Championships, he had some amazing backhand topspin and topspins from um, back from the table. Um, yeah, incredible. It's great to watch, isn't it? Very exciting. Yeah, and if you haven't seen any of Pitchford play, well, get onto it. Um, we always promote ITTV um, and go to the World Championships that's just uh, recently finished. You know, watch the semifinals, watch the quarterfinals. Uh, match that they played as well. Uh, sensational table tennis by Pitchford. But, um, yeah, there's a lot, and you'll see, like, from all of the players, you'll see some really nice backhand-to-backhand topspin rallying. Absolutely. All right, it is time for the questions. And Il asks, which contact of the ball... So he's asking, where should he hit the ball to do a topspin serve with the tomahawk service? Is it the bottom, the middle, or the top of the ball? Okay. So um, the tomahawk service, uh, 
for topspin, you need to be brushing over the top of the ball. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to brush here. Okay. So by trying to brush there on the ball, what you need to do is you need to then angle your bat at that angle so that you're coming over the top of the ball. If you have your bat at that angle, then you just can't brush over the top of the ball there. So, um, so get here the angle over the top and then brush over the top. So with all of the tomahawk serves, you're going to have a bit of side spin on the ball because you're basically um, going to hit the ball somewhere around this uh, half of the ball here for the tomahawk because that's the angle of your racket. It's hard to, well, you can't do that. So um, by doing that, then you're varying the type of spin. If you're brushing it more on the lower part here, then it's backspin. If you're brushing the ball more on the upper part here, then it's topspin. So that's the way to get it. And um, coincidentally, we've just released um, a new uh, video on our serving secrets on the tomahawk serve, which includes that topspin um, top, top tomahawk. So uh, for our premium members, get to it, have a look. Um, let us know what you think of the new tomahawk serve video. Absolutely, yes. We've been refilming a lot of the serving secrets. It's a little bit, some of the lessons were a little bit old, so we've refilmed quite a lot of them now in HD, including the pendulum and the reverse pendulum and now the tomahawk. Yes, so as Alice said, check it out. If you're not a premium member, go check out the membership options at pingskills.com. Lots of great information, not just serving. We've got receiving, we've got a 52-week training plan with 52 associated masterclasses. There's sports psychology, multi-ball, lots of great stuff. So check it all out at pingskills.com. All right, Alois, next question is from Shiva, who says, I started playing table tennis at the age of 19, and now I'm 23. And by the time I learned the proper strokes, it's already too late. Is it impossible to follow the game if it's too late or do you think if there are still chances for me to excel? Okay, Shiva. Um, we get this question a bit. You know, we get a lot of players that have started the game at a later age. I always say if you start at 19, there is a big chance that you are not going to be world champion. But there are billions, not billions, there are millions of players that start at 10 and 12 that are not going to be world champion either. You know, it's it's all about just pushing the limits, trying to see how good you can get at the game. If you're starting at 19, push and see what level you can get to. You know, you might get to a state level. You might even get to an, um, a national level in some countries. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that top of the tree is really difficult you know you, at, for that you do need to start at a really young age you know there's a lot of chinese players that are starting at five six seven hitting a lot of table tennis balls they've hit a lot of balls by the time they're 19 um, but the other really good part about table tennis is it's a sport that you can play basically forever until you are in that box um, you can keep playing table tennis you know we had um, an australian player uh, Dr. Lowe that played you know, until she was over 100. There are competitions for players in the over 80s and over 85s um, division. So, you know, if you're starting at 19, you've got 60 plus years to, to, to um, achieve something in the over 80s. So, Shiva, just work hard, work hard at 
being the best table tennis player you can. Um, focus on your drills, focus on your training, um, and see see where you, where you can get to. As I said, there's millions of players that start at six that aren't going to be world champion either. Absolutely. It's it's great to hear you talk about that, Alois. It just makes you realise how wonderful a sport table tennis is. Um, there's plenty of challenges for anyone at any age, and you can play it forever. What a yeah, great game. And, and, and I often quote... Um, Brian Berry, the great B. Brian, um, one of our friends who started at a very late age. I think he maybe started at 17, 18 um, years of age. So now he's won a lot of national titles at the veterans level. Um, he's still competitive um, at the senior level in Australia. Um, so, you know, it, it just goes to show he, he's, he's completely um, obsessed with the game. He loves the game and he plays, you know, almost every day. Um, and he's reached a really high level and is well-respected in table tennis. So there's lots of possibilities for you, Shiva. Indeed. All right, let's move on to the next question from Daniel, who says, can one change bats during a tournament? If so, how often? I would think you couldn't do it in the middle of a single game, but I have no idea. Yeah, so if I'm playing against an opponent, so if Jeff and I are playing a match, um, I start the bat with uh, start the bat start the match with a bat. I have to use that bat for the rest of that uh, match against Jeff, unless I accidentally break it. So you know, if I'm playing and I accidentally clip the table and something happens, you know, the rib the rubber chips off or the the uh, bat actually cracks, then you are allowed to um, go and get your spare bat, which you need to have next to the court. But I'm not allowed to change the bat just because oh, I think, oh, this one's not really working that well today. I can't then go and put that one in my bag and go and grab another one out of uh, the bag uh, to play against Jeff. I've got to uh, stay with that same bat for the whole match against Jeff. Interestingly there, Alois, you said if you accidentally break it, what if I deliberately break it? Yep, basically that's the end of the match because uh, you're not allowed to change your bat in that situation. So if if I have a temper tantrum and smack the bat on the table um, or throw the bat uh, and it breaks, bad luck. That's the end of the match. You, you wow. Forfeit. Yeah. Um, okay, but, now what about during a tournament? Yes. So once I finish the match with Jeff, I can then for my next match um, against whoever I'm playing next, I can use whichever bat I want. So I can pick out a new bat out of my bag or I can go and buy a new bat that I've never seen before and use that if I'm really silly enough. Um, But, yeah, you're allowed to change bats um, after a match but not during a match with a player. Okay. Now, we do get this question from time to time. People say, you know, should I use one bat or should I use two bats? Maybe they think they'd like to play different styles so they might have a different bat what are your thoughts on whether people should have multiple bats um for themselves yeah i I think i think um definitely have the one bat um so even even your spare bat should be basically the same bat or really similar to your to your main bat um i think i think it's difficult to um change or alternate um what you're doing with um with a different bat during a tournament. Um, interestingly, there was a player at a tournament I was at yesterday that does use a different bat, you know, from um, from 
match to match. And interestingly, he also changes from penhold to shake hand again, depending on who he's playing. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that strategically. I think it's probably better to stick with the one. Yeah, I think, and you always talk about this, Alois, if you're changing your bats and you start missing shots, is it because people think it might be just because you're not used to the new bat or is it because your technique's not right? You're never sure where the problem is, whereas if you just stick with one bat, it makes it easier to isolate any problems you're having and then fix them. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you, you're confused. Now, you go for a forehand topspin and the ball doesn't go on. You think, oh, maybe that rubber just didn't grip as much or maybe your, your technique was bad on that ball. So, yeah, it's, hard, it's always hard to tell. So stick to something that, um, that you know and is familiar. Same bat. Excellent. All right, Alois. Well, that wraps up episode 240. I hope everyone had a great weekend and... Um, played lots of table tennis and I want to thank everyone for listening to the show and thank everyone for their questions. And also we need to thank Alloys for answering them. Thank you, Alloys. And thank you, Jeff. And a special shout out to Robin Moore on this uh, special occasion as well. Indeed. All right. Thanks everyone. And we will see you again tomorrow. Happy table tennis. Bye.